Welcome to another exciting episode of Marcus and Eric Learn Stuff from Smarter People. I'm Eric Newman. I'm Marcus Monroe. And we have an amazing guest. Amazing. Not, not only a friend of mine, a hilarious comedian, we have Sergio Chacon in the house. What's yes, up? Sergio. Marcus, what up? Sergio. Eric, what up? Also a snake expert. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, my, I'm an my expert. My friend as well. Hell yeah. I like the... Uh, Marcus and Eric learn stuff from smarter people. That's an oxymoron. The only thing <laughs> I probably know more of is uh, is about snakes. Well, that's well, there you go. Then you're smarter. Hey, I had a snake when I was growing up. We ca- we caught it, and my dad and I caught it in the woods, put it in a styrofoam container, brought it back to my garage, put it in like a, an aquarium, like a good sized aquarium with like rocks and dirt and crickets and stuff, and then. A week later, there were 14 snakes in this thing. It must have had babies, but it didn't lay eggs. They came out of the, war- and, the, out and, of the and snake. And that's why we need abortion legal in right. these states. Exactly. Where, you know. <laughs> exactly. We can't have these snakes running around like this. Well, how, you know, it's expensive to raise 14 babies <laughs> of snake babies. The, it's been you? a hard week for the snake uh, population, man. It was um, up north in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. So it was just like a gardener. We just wanted a pet snake. I, I feel bad now looking back. We just like displaced the snake. But, um, you know. We- Snakes are very uh, independent creatures. Okay. So what you did was was torture that poor animal. Because that snake, as soon as it it, it laid its young yeah. or gave birth to its live young, which is probably a garter snake, yeah. it wants to be as far removed from those from its young. Really? And you trapped them in there. So well, and gave saying, them the responsibility. Snakes are Puerto Rican is basically what <laughs> Oh, that is Eric <laughs> Newman we are on the ones Marcus, and twos. Why would you no, say that, we are Marcus? not cutting why, why that. Would, Marcus, why would uh, you say why that? Why would you say that? Three minutes in and then squint your eyes like nothing happened. Like, oh, you know how you squint? This is why I can't deal with Marcus, dude. That was too oh, much, man. man. I didn't like that. Uh, but so anyway. it was a, probably a gardener snake, I think. Yeah, gar- yeah. garter snake. What is it? Garter. Garter snake. Yeah, yeah. Garter. So yeah. here's the thing, man. I actually, when I see these guys at like fairs and carnivals who have like snakes on their shoulders and stuff, yeah. I think it's the weirdest fucking thing in the world. Like I think snakes are absolutely disgusting <laughs> and I cannot, no, 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 I can't, you don't understand. I wouldn't even get close enough to you guys if I thought you dealt with snakes. Like that's literally how well, I Well, Sergio deals scared. with snakes that he has, uh, he yeah, has we a Yeah, we hug all the time. I can't you don't do know it, behind that hug, I flicker my tongue and it's a fourth time. I go, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And my tail rattles. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> <laughs> I saw a rattlesnake in the wild, upstate New York. That's dope. Yeah, it was cool. It was, I was terrified because those can kill you. Yeah, see, listen, Mar- Marcus uh, and his curiosity for snakes is like, th- th- that. I like that. Eric, your, your disdain, it's concerning. Because <laughs> no, yeah. disdain. Even when we, when we were discussing the topic, you're like, yeah, I guess we can uh, you, you know, touch on that a little bit. <laughs> because I'm so, it's so nerve. Like, I don't understand. That to me is like real courage, man. Having like a snake slivering on you, like that's fucking like, I can't imagine having the balls to do that. It's, I'm like, it's it, scary to me. Dude. It's crazy how we're conditioned. A lot of people are, you know, have been conditioned to be fearful of snakes. And yeah. I was talking to someone yesterday. The Bible kind of started that. The, the Bible started. <laughs> It, movies, yeah. you know, definitely have an influence. And then they wonder if it's in our DNA. You know, yeah. you know, they were at one time they were hunting us years ago. So we're a little bit like, you know. Well, how did you get and start into your snake adventure? Marcus, I got your tell journey, you. <laughs> your snake journey. I've always, I've always been an animal lover yeah. in the city, so that's you know, it, it, it wasn't plentiful. You yeah. Know? So I was that dude, <laughs> Eric. You get a kick out of this because yeah. you like to ball, right? Yeah, I love. Yeah, I mean, everyone likes to ball, and I would be that kid with the peanuts feeding the squirrels. They were like, "Yo, you want to play really basketball?" Were? And I was like, "That, I want to feed the squirrels." I was a nerd. <laughs> 
I love it. Revenge of the Nerds. Hey, squirrels got to eat. <laughs> and your your voice, you changed your voice just based on. That's how you sounded when you said I want yeah, to. Yeah, I, I, I just want to feed. I, I just want to feed the squirrels. I actually, guys. Yeah, I would love that, to play that, basketball. My voice always changed when it came with when it when it came to like uh like like uh trying to like pick up. I was like a very emotional guy, like you know, like like uh, hopeless romantic. So I'd be like, I want to write you a poem. Like that's on my voice. So like we all have our voices for specific things that we do, you know. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, yeah, and some and those are uh, those are little bitch ass voices that we gave yeah, each that's other. Yeah, bitch ass right? voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like, you, wanna... you ever see like an old dude like hit on a girl, and like their voice changes, but it gets creepy. It's like yeah, keep on walking around like that. You know, like it's like wow. a threat almost. Yeah. Like the voice like lowers. Yeah. It's like a loud whistle. Like you keep on walking around with that outfit, it's gonna be a problem. You know, like, uh huh. You know, so it's yeah. just interesting it's how people adopt a the voice. Problem. If if you could be. <laughs> Sergio, if you could be any kind of snake, what would you be? <laughs> oh, shit. Because different snakes have different characteristics. Personalities? Yeah, but you don't want to stereotype the snakes, man. I'm, maybe they're all just individual personalities. No, man. some of them are scientifically like, you know, some of them are nocturnal, right? Yeah. Some of them are cold-blooded. Well, they're all cold-blooded, right? They are all cold-blooded. Um, some of them are amphibians. No, they're all they're all. I know, I'm just dismissed. Oh, okay, I was like, I know something that you know. They're all reptiles. They're all reptiles. Can, can anacondas do that? That thing in anaconda, right? Because snakes get bad press constantly. I know the reason why you liked anaconda because J Lo was in it, and I have a screenshot of a conversation we had, and it told you told me that J Lo was uh really really Dude, got you through puberty. Dude, if J Lo walks <laughs> around in that skirt, we're gonna have some problems. <laughs> We're gonna have a problem. All right. What skirt are we talking about? From the movie Anaconda? I, I posted an album cover of JLo oh, on my story. Sure. And yo, and Eric won, and he was like, dude. I had it on my just wall. He's like, dude. Wow. He started the conversation with dude, period, period, period. You don't know what this picture did for me. Oh, okay. Puberty. I was like, okay. I think we and know I what it did. picture a young human saying, I'm just gonna jerk off in my room and uh, shoot it up to the sky. JLo, I'll do anything for you. <laughs> wow. JLo, come to me. I'll do so, what was the first snake you bought? I, I I got a uh, uh, a garter snake from a dirtbag pet shop called J and B J and B Pet Store on Houston Street. They were a mom and pop shop, I and I don't know where they get their animals from. They probably had them Houston imported Street. from illegal establishments. Ah, that's the thing about you know pets and shit. Like the trade has has changed a lot. Yeah. A lot of animals that were picked out of the jungle are now being captive bred. So that's an evolution, and that's a good thing. For, you know, the pet community. Sure. Okay. You know? uh, so it was a garter snake, not poisonous. You probably fed it bugs and crickets they and goldfish. worms. Goldfish. Yeah, so not only did you have your uh, garter snake who just had his babies captive, they don't eat crickets, they eat goldfish. Well, dang. Well, I will, for the record, I should say, it wasn't long until my parents and I were like, we don't want this snake. So we did give it to a, a, a pet store or breeder or something to take care of it and okay. the babies. So we did the right thing there. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, so could we break down uh, snakes for a second? So like, what are the snakes that uh, we really should be fearful of as human beings? And what are more uh, pet friendly? Well, anything that is like easily for sale is not going to be venomous, right? Like, now, like what, what kind of snakes? Like, what, what are the what what are they called? There's like um, what is it like a boa snake? That's uh, yeah. So that's a uh, there's boids. Those are the big ones, which are boa constrictors, pythons, and those are generally much thicker, larger constrictors. Then you have colubrids. Colubrids are. Uh, garter snakes fall into that category. Uh. King snakes, corn snakes, they're smaller, oh, yeah. they're thinner bodied. And, and those uh, aren't harmful? No, none of them. They're all harmless. You know, they're all harmless. Uh, now, if you get to like the venomous snakes, 
that's where you can have an issue. And those are not for sale. You could get them with a special license. Or if you dig deep, deep, deep in the dark web on Craigslist. Wait, might- Craigslist is the dark web now? <laughs> nah. Yeah, dog. imagine the dark web Craigslist? Wow. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, if you search. The Eric's could- list? Yeah, the other day I was I do that shit for enjoyment during my idle time. I should be writing. Yeah. But what I go, I go and do, I go on Craigslist and I saw a toucan. Fucking toucan for sale, like is in that, the Bronx. Is that illegal? Like, apartment 4D. Is that illegal to sell a, a toucan? I think so. Whoa. Yeah. Apartment 4D, dude. Yeah, yeah. The colors were all dull. <laughs> he was bald. It was sad. The photo's blurry. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, there's like dirty clothes hanging in the background. Oh, yeah. New York hilarious. One is playing on mute. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not legit. Yeah. So um you could so like listen, snakes don't want to bother you. I mean, I know you hear it all the time. The, the thing is it's it's, it's it's the propaganda is sensationalized. We hear about snakes on the news when they kill somebody. Mm-hmm. But that shit is a rare occurrence. Right. Snakes venomous snakes mostly kill people like in places like Indonesia where they don't have access to anti-venom and stuff sure. like that. Are there, is anaconda is that like is that real? Does shit like that happen? Hell no. First Never of all, they're happens. not they're not that athletic. There's no such they, they don't move like that. No, no, no. No snake in the world can do that? Yeah, I'm sure it's been done before. Now, I think, now, because that's exciting to talk about, when that shit happens, it's usually like on rice fields in Indonesia, and it's a much smaller person, you know, who works in the rice field. Right. And it's like, you know, maybe a, a, a very uh, hungry female who just laid her eggs was starving. Did you? And that's a, like an African rock python. But it has happened. Yeah, absolutely. Did, yeah. There was a doc, there was like a show on Discovery Channel or something where this guy wanted to see what would happen if he got swallowed by, uh, well, I don't know, what kind of snake could swallow? a person probably an African rock python over t- yeah I think python. it was a python and so he put on this bodysuit and these cameras and the, everyone <laughs> so was like it was, shit, right? did you see this it was like on the news it was Marcus, hyping up it sounds like something you would do I, it is <laughs> it, I mean I would never hurt an animal but it would it, 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 so the snake unhinged its jaw and like started to swallow this man in this suit and he's kind of like talking about it but the snake wanted nothing to do with this guy but the whole show was banked on this snake swallowing this guy and then they were gonna like kill the snake and just see what would happen so the, the, he, uh, where did it end? Did it was he... it was such a false finish. Like nothing oh, okay. good. It was just build up, build up, build up, and it sizzled out, and nothing uh, happened. I like it his was, ambition, though. Yeah, I mean, it, but I like didn't... he went on the Today Show, and they were really upset with him. They're like, "You told us you were getting swallowed by a snake. You didn't get swallowed by a snake. What's going on?" So it is like, even if you're trying to get swallowed by so a snake. Yeah. You're not, you know. It's, yeah, maybe it's, he was just really unattractive. That could be true. But I, I've also heard of like deer getting swallowed by snakes, yeah. like baby deer. Unfortunately, foes. it's easy to talk about like the negative, right? Like the the, the uh, that's the that's a pretty cool thing. I don't think that's a negative. No, no, oh, right? no, no. Well, I'm gonna talk about what that. That's fine. That's yeah. what they do that. It's but, circle of life. You're eating a yeah. Food. No, but but what I'm gonna bring it to is negative because you hear about them eating Burmese pythons, which are an invasive uh, species out of yeah. Burma. Sure, and. Like in early 2000 or late the late 90s, there was a reptile facility that was destroyed by Hurricane Andrew. And there was a lot of gravid females, you know, females that were expecting. They got washed into the Everglades. Oh. That mixed in with irresponsible pet owners who dropped their snakes off. You hear that more often, right? Sure. So- these snakes thrive in those conditions, humid, water, they, yeah, yeah, and, they, yeah. and they're apex predators. Yeah. So now you got these Burmese pythons, which are like, they can grow up to like anywhere from 18 to 20 foot. Jeez. And they lay 30 eggs That's a year. That's taller than you, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they fucking, um, yo, they, they're fucking up the ecosystem. Like they eat the white-tailed deer. And yeah. Yeah. So it's that, like, everything is like lopsided. What is, do you now. know what the longest snake in the world is? 
I think a snake, heavy a snake. It's like uh, I think they recently found out one like la- like last week, and it was like two hundred and thirty pounds. Jeez, yeah, and like twenty foot long. What, what types of snakes do you think there are in? That's cent- not even the average man in America. No, you're right. <laughs> What, what types of snakes do you think are found in Central Park? Now, because I'm sure people have snakes as pets and they don't want them, so they, they just leave them in the park. I've yeah. heard of that happening before. Yeah, yeah. So have you have you ever seen any snakes wild? You know what's funny? I saw like a little brown snake in the East River one time. What? Yeah. In the river? What were we doing in the no, river? No, like, like FDR. Like, oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I'll jog through there, so I saw that one time. But that's such a, yo, the thing is about Central Park, there is wildlife there. And, they'll, you know, especially towards the north side. Like what? What's the craziest wildlife in Central there, there's Park? Rac- there's fucking raccoons in there. That's crazy to me. I've never seen a raccoon. You ever seen a raccoon Park. in the city? No. Like, there was people fucking, you know, toasting white claws and, yeah. you know, black, white and yeah, black and, uh, and, and red picnic blankets. And this fucking a raccoon right. was just bold. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I was, I was captivated by that, the presence of him. And everyone just kept on captivated. <laughs> I was captivated. I was staring at him. It's an honor to have you. <laughs> so, like, what? Okay. So, the first snake you bought, just back to this, was a garter snake. What's like the most exotic snake that you have? Like your, what's your like in your collection? That's like, boom! This is my, this is my mint Michael Jordan rookie card. Like, what's yeah, like? I have some cool motherfuckers, man. I got a Burmese python. Woo, Gosh, baby! Insane, this shit. Wait, why? Is it illegal? It's illegal. Yeah, it's. I got. I got illegal reptilians <laughs> in my tenement. Well, we're actually not even supposed to be in the studio right now, so this whole thing's illegal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the studio does look like a fire hazard. It, yeah, there's only <laughs> one exit. That, that light is flickering on and off. Ted Cruz would like it because it's hard to get out. Only one door. But uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get that reference at all? Okay. <laughs> it's getting way too political here. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> all right. Is that uh, your baby? Sir, no. Oh, okay. Wait, so sorry. This I, is a I, random I, baby. I love all the snake talk. Um, not at all, actually. But uh, I... No, no, no. Arms across. No, no, no. I do love it. I, actually, I don't know much about snakes. And I'm, I'm, I really uh, look at you as a greater, uh, tougher human being than I am. So, uh, so that makes me feel like I want to aspire to something. But I do want to hear about your stand-up career because... Um, because you are a hilarious stand-up comedian who I uh, have the pleasure of working with on a on a weekly basis, I would say probably, um, and uh, and I and you know, Serge, you're, you're one of the guys who like I had known your name for so long and knew who you were, but we never we didn't develop a relationship until recently. So um, so obviously you're hilarious, but I kind of want to hear about uh, sort of like what you're doing, how you started, and uh, I guess where what your goals are. All right, cool. Well, yeah, no, it's 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 funny how it goes full circle because I remember we may have crossed paths years ago, years ago. and here we are, you know what I'm saying, working together again, and it's fucking awesome. And Marcus, me and you met recently. Yeah, but yeah. it's fucking awesome to like, you know, see you do your thing. Thanks, anyway, it's all family here, it's all love. Yeah, that's right. But I've been doing it a freak a, a while and I, you know, I, I started off in what they call the the hood rooms, and then I made a a, a crossover to like uh, mainstream and that alternative alternative rooms. So I never shied away from any room, totally. you know, and I feel like you did the same thing. Same thing, dude. Yeah. I, I love hood shows, man. Yeah, I did it. I, I did it more. I, I, I would go to fucking under the, 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 like I would go deep in the Bronx and be, have fucking junkyard dogs barking at me, lost in the source, not knowing where I'm at to perform at some fucking Sasako and Fuego, you know, Spot on a Tuesday night with f- five people. You know hood shows are good shows. Yeah. That's what they say. You know, they can be. The thing is, I think a lot of Puerto Rican and black comics, like, cut from that cloth. They end up getting stuck there because um, they, it actually pays well. Yeah, so yeah. if you don't have, like, the... Uh, so they're not getting stuck there. They just found their niche, and they're just like... 
Yeah, but yeah, you get I, stuck a little bit. You get stuck. Man. You got stuck. You gotta I make. You gotta make the the move to mainstream at some point. Oh, sure, sure. If you okay. want to become popular and you want to have a very successful career, there's no way you could stay. Just like I feel the same way. Same way about. I feel the same way about the hood rooms as I do about like the like alty Brooklyn Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like That's what I mean. Ago. Yeah, it's any like, console like and, and, and you, you got. I think. Because a lot of those guys would want, because that, that, that's what I'm here, you know, like, oh, right. I want to work, you know, the clubs or whatever. Like, it's never the other way around. It's never like a, a, a club comic saying, oh, I want to work. Because you can always, they always show love. A hood room will always show love. Totally. You can always get work at a hood room, you know. So it's like, it's available, you know. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, um, I think people get caught up with the, with the money and, and the fact that the, the, the spots are plentiful. Totally. You know? And by the way, I love I love your path because starting in a hood room like that where it's like a niche, right? Um, same way as starting in like the Brooklyn alt scene, it's like now you're a club guy. You're fully a club guy, right? You're all over the road at some of the best clubs, best theaters right around the country. And, uh, and that's really, I mean, like that's where you want to be because that's every walk of life. That's where the hood dudes go. It's where like the white girls go. It's where Brooklyn hipster... F- comedy fans go everybody sort of just acclimates to this this ecosystem of the club and theater scene right so it's like that's where you want to be because that's where every every person from every different perspective uh has access to your comedy that's right? a that, that's a good point and also like the professionalism of a fucking club mm-hmm. like a good club like the cellar the place that we work out a lot it's like Holy shit, I am super grateful for, because for years I've worked at places that looked at me like I was a fucking burden. You know, and not me personally, but just in general, there was no respect for the talent. Right. And we talk about maybe a hood room starting three hours late or, you know, keep on bumping you or a comedy club you work at, they don't even know who's on the lineup, whatever. Right. So it's nice to be at a good comedy club where like the comics come first, the staff knows you, it's like love, you're paid, you're compensated well. That's just dope. Well, I have, I have no, uh, I have no um, hesitancy in saying this, and I've said it pretty publicly. I mean, there's nothing like the comedy seller, and and th- their their attention to detail is what makes them stand out, you know, above above all else. And like, yeah, you walk in there, every server knows your name, every manager that shit is knows dope, your name. Man. I mean, so, like, I, yo, that's, that's home. Yeah. That's what home is, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, but but what I love is that you know, just like you and just like Marcus, is that we grew up, we we grew in these circumstances that weren't ideal in places where you were treated like shit and where you didn't get the respect you felt you deserved, and that just made you tougher and more thicker skin. And like ultimately, your reward, you are rewarded after all that shit. You are then rewarded with a place like the Comedy Cellar. It does, right? it does, it does feel like that, man. It feels yeah. like all the years, you know, and. Uh, it feels like, oh, yeah, this this feels good. This feels right, you know? Yep. Um, and I was mad at stand-up for a long time, you know? like, And it, it wasn't stand-up's fault. Because I started, once I broke into a club, it was Laugh Lounge. It was owned by Delilah. She's a great person. And that was a, 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 a club that lent itself to my style of comedy in the beginning. It was like a very urban style. So there was like guys like uh, Dean Edwards were rolling there, yep. Greer Barnes, Imagine. You know, it was just like very... Uh, you know, it lends up to a very uh, urban scene. So I worked there, but at the time I was drinking and doing drugs. Like, and, but I would work out, you know, mm-hmm. and I would do that prior. Like, I would, I, I was doing that shit before I started stand up. But when I started stand up, it opened the doors to that. Right. Yeah. You know, like it became socially acceptable to have a beer on stage. Right. Uh, and I kind of, I, 
I made some bad decisions. You know, I made I would get high before I would go up on stage, dirtbag shit, right? Right. And right. I would. So what? What could it be? A night of just doing a dope ass show. Yeah. And then hitting other spots. I never. I I stopped doing that. Well, the thing about stand up is, man, and this is like just sort of piggybacking off of what you said, is that you know I consider stand successful stand ups, perhaps the greatest entrepreneurs there are. Simply for the fact that it is all self-discipline. Like, I have seen comics throw everything away for Coke, you know, alcohol, for everything. So you're trying to grow a career in the same setting where in within two seconds of you getting off stage or before you get on stage, you could go do a line of Coke three minutes, you know, three steps away from the stage or have 10 shots at the bar, which is in the same room. as you. So... It is really on you to be like, I got to get my life together and try to get great at this and be the best comic I could be, you know, because a lot of people can go in the other direction. So I think that's like where, you know, that's where you really have to like find out what you want. And Abs you absolutely. And, and the thing is, I was trying to do too much and I never stopped doing stand up, but I definitely, it was a priority for a few years. And I got mad at stand up because it lent itself to this right. kind of lifestyle yeah. that was it was enabling me, but yeah. it wasn't stand-up's fault, obviously, yeah. you know, but yeah. it was my fault. But I never stopped, and let me, but let me tell you, right? So <clears throat> this is during the time when a, a couple of my friends were starting to pop, and I had a nice little rhythm, and once I got sober, the enthusiasm came back. Now, granted, this is a short episode, right? So I'll just speed it up for you. Yeah. Like, uh, get ridding that myself of that life I hated standing because then I felt mad inadequate. I would be in the green room at Caroline's, like yeah, mad tight. Nervous, I didn't, didn't want to yeah. interact with the audience. Of course, yeah. Like yeah, I was nervous. mad tight. But then that shit went away and that became my true self. I actually started to feel real feelings, like the nervousness, the, the joy, you know, all but, that good but shit. That's, but Serge, that's interesting. And also that is, that's sort of in the same vein of, you know, I think we started this conversation out with you saying I started in hood rooms and then I wanted to do you know, you want to perform in room in rooms with, you want to know how to kill in a room of Republicans. Like, you want to know how to kill in a room of liberals. You want to know how to kill in a room of, of Hispanic people, black people, Asians, like young people, old people, right? Everything, everything just continues to make you stronger. So the same thing in that vein, it's like you want to be able to feel comfortable on stage doing crowd work without alcohol, without drugs. Like that, you want to get to whatever your challenge is, try to overcome it, right? That That is what stand-up, what yeah. makes you a successful stand-up. Yep, for sure. So, I mean, so the fact that you were able to do that, and, you know, I work with you a lot and see how well you do it, um, is is just a testament to your character and your abilities. Yeah, 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 and I appreciate that. And so it made it, it, made it fun again. Yeah. And um, uh, once I decided, like, I took the pressure of myself, was like, oh, this got to be fun. That's when it felt like a lot of things fell into place without uh, feeling... Like, oh shit! This is this 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 whole process sucks. I was like, no, right. I'm just gonna have fun. Yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. We, we're trying to make people laugh. Like, let's not take yeah. this, let's be playful. And I think like when you're having fun on stage, the audience sees that and they love that, and then they're having fun. It's Absolutely. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, Serge, you always look like you're having fun. I yeah, you do. That. You're you're a good dude. 
Uh, Sergio, thanks for coming in, man. This was Thank this was you. a great chat. I'm glad to, I learned a lot about snakes. I would rather you be uh, still uh, doing drugs and alcohol than uh, uh, have pet snakes, personally. So what I happened is I gave up the addiction of cocaine and alcohol, and I picked up the the, the addiction of yeah of reptiles. Ooh. But I like the short and sweet episodes. Right, some episodes of these some podcasts, man, they go off for three and a half hours. It's uh, like it's like watching the Titanic or yeah, some shit. That's why I won't do Rogan, dude. <laughs> That's how you passed up on Rogan. Wait, real quick. How many snakes do you have? At eight. Your, eight in your eight? house right now. Yeah. And do they ever escape? Yeah. I, I, oh, I, I, God. I had a bad couple of weeks where I just kept on leaving an enclosure open. We just yeah. forgot to yeah, close it. Yeah, I just forgot to, to close it. And wow. I would find one in the sock drawer, one under, you know, the laundry basket. Every, and I found them quick, which is crazy. Wow. Because it, you know your babies, dude. You yeah, know your babies. Right I'm like, oh, Sheila's going to be right behind this pillow. <laughs> Sheila. I love Sheila. how you gave your snake the most Jewish, female Jewish name ever, dude. Sheila the snake. Sheila. 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 Island. Yeah, man. Um, Serge, thanks so much for coming on, man. My I pleasure, really, brother. Always, always, always a pleasure, brother. Yes, Appreciate sir. you guys. Thank you so Thank much, you. man. Thank you. Uh, hey, we learned a lot, Eric. We did. I knew nothing about snakes. You knew nothing. Did you know that I had 14 snakes at once? No, we never talked about that. I had 14 for a couple weeks. Fuck. And yeah. then they all got lost in Sergio's. Yep, now they're on Serge under his pillows. Um, yeah, but I learned a lot. What did you learn, Marcus? Well, I learned, well, first of all, I had no idea that Sergio struggled with addiction for quite some time, and it's great to see him happy and healthy and just crushing the stand-up scene. He kills, he murders every time he gets on stage. Um, and he also kills and murders his snakes, which I'm not happy about. And his but. snakes also kill and murder innocent babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all jokes, all jokes. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure to uh, like, subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you next week with an all-new episode of Marcus and Eric Learn Stuff from Smarter People. I'm Marcus Monroe. I'm Eric Newman. Bye. Bye. The New York Comedy Club podcast is back with brand new episodes, interviews, and jokes. Take a look behind the curtain as we discuss all aspects of the comedy world. The origin of a joke, the writing process, the business side of things, and, well, things that are just funny. Get to know your favorite comedians, discover new comics, and get a first-hand look inside the Make Em Laugh business with the New York Comedy Club podcast, brought to you by Paperhouse Network.